Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the main event. You're here for part three of our preview show with me, Dan. And Aaron. Hey, it's been so long, Dan. I've Aaron, you. honestly, it's been at least seconds since I last spoke to you. They were long seconds. I've missed you so much. If you listen to part one, you know the score. If you haven't listened to part one or part two, Aaron, you calling part one for the ball recovery things throw me right out of whack. <laughs> to be Whatever. fair. If you, li- <laughs> if you listen to group A to D podcast, you'll know what the crack is. If you haven't, stop this one, go back and listen to that one so that we don't need to go through everything again. Or but- listen to that one after this one. Whatever you like, mix it up. What I will say, though, is at the end of this podcast, I am going to go through a quickfire limitless draft wildcard team as I am considering using my limitless wildcard. So it make more sense if you listen to the previous part first. But if you want to be a renegade, a rogue, I'm not arguing with that. Quite happy with that. Aaron, let's jump straight into it. I want none of your nonsense. It's group E. First of all, Chelsea. Leading the way, leading the pack with seven points. So much so that they are zero points ahead of Sevilla, who are also leading the pack with seven points. And then footing up, uh, sorry, putting up the foot of the table. We've got Krasnodar and Wren with one point each. This is going to be such a quick group to talk about. I'm going to talk about Krasnodar and Wren first because Krasnodar got battered off Zenit 3 1. I know that might not sound like they got battered. But when you see the stats, they got battered. Uh, they won the game this weekend 1-0. So what I'm trying to tell you is, and you should know this already, don't go for them. Appreciate they got a couple of goals against Sevilla, but three games left. Do you really want to be putting your eggs in a Krasnodar basket? I don't think so. Same with Ren, they're absolutely hopeless. I mean, beyond hopeless. They lost 3-0 to PSG, which you know is fine, PSG. But then, you know, if Marseille got beat to the beer makers, these got beat 1-0 off the winemakers at Bordeaux. So their run of form is just so bad. And they're coming up against a really informed Chelsea team. So let's just jump straight into Chelsea. Havertz is back after his little bout of COVID. Pulisic is still out. Thiago Silva he should be back in the squad. He was missing from the weekend game against uh, our hopeless lot because he travelled back from Brazil. Chelsea have beaten Sheffield United 4-1. Sheffield United are in disarray. They need the fans in the stadium, that type of team. And they are missing their most influential centre-back who makes them tick with their system of play with overlapping centre-backs. So, hard to really gauge that game, but that was a game that Chelsea struggled with last year. So, massive improvements. And the beat Newcastle 2-0. I mean, let's be honest, my left testicle could have beaten Newcastle 3-0 yesterday. Newcastle, statistically one of the worst teams in Premier League history, if it wasn't for the fact that we fluked some points. So how much want to take from that is your business. But they are up against Wren, who fit right into the bracket of Sheffield United and Newcastle. So I can only see a Chelsea win. They've been playing at the minute with Werner on the left of a front three, Zayek on the right, Abraham up front. I see no reason why Frank would change that. Especially 
with how well they're doing. The only issue is, is we're going to have Havertz back. So does he play on the left with Werner up front? Does he come in for on the right because like needs a rest? That's problematic, which I don't like. Mason Mount would be a good shout in midfield. But I think defensively, Thiago Silva, Kurt Zuma, Ben Chilwell, crack on with any of them three if you as your defenders, genuinely. Not too sure about right back. James has been playing in the league, but you're never quite sure when Aspilicueta, who is the club captain, will come in. So it can be a bit of an odd one with trying to predict those. And when you've only got, in the group stages, six games, three games now left, I'm not overly confident with risking Reese James. So I would be confident with Chilwell, Zuma or Silva. Midfield-wise, like I say, Ziyech's in such good form. Habits, the golden boy, not in the best form, but I think Frank has to play him. Now that he's missed a couple of games of COVID, I don't think there's any room for Timo Werner when you've got, you know, Ronaldo Morata playing against Ferran Kvaros at home and you've got some of them IX boys against Michelin. You know, there's some whipping boys out there. Ren are one of them. But when Chelsea have such good options elsewhere that can get you points, uh, I, I don't, I'm not too sure about Werner when there's so many strikers to get. Sevilla, I mean, they've finally hit some form in the league with a 1 0 win, a Campos pen. And then this weekend, they won 4 2. And Kunde scored, which is giving me a bit of a headache because one of the reasons I was definitely set on Limitless Wildcard is Kunde's in my team. And after his horror show against Krasnodar, I thought he might get dropped. But if he scored this week, he'll, <laughs> he'll, I imagine he's going to play again. What I will say, though, is Diego Carlos is the ones that the target set pieces. So if you are going to Limitless, Carlos is probably a better choice than Kunde. But obviously, Kunde at 4 million, I, I think he's a must because he'll just facilitate every other player you've got, really. Playing on the Tuesday which means providing he doesn't get sent off, you can always pull him out. So I think that would be a really good game, playing Krasnodar. And I, I don't think we'll see what happened in the first game. I, I just think Sevilla won't take them so much for granted this time. I think they definitely underestimated Krasnodar. I can't see them doing that again. And Naziri back in good goal-scoring form. He's an absolute tank. I mean, what a beast. He just puts himself about in that box. He's really physical. Big lad. Scored a header when he was sandwiched in between two defenders and he bullied them this weekend. His only issue is his, his price versus the other players you could have when he's not guaranteed to start is just too much. And the big one, which I mentioned on the first podcast, was uh, Bernou has covid which is a total nightmare for me because now I don't have a starting goalkeeper. Sportiello is not the starting goalkeeper for Atlanta. Galini is. Galini's back. So realistically, I do need to be using a limitless so that I can have three transfers and then next week Sportiello can come out and Banu should be back from COVID. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you don't want to be spending your transfers on two goalkeepers. Exactly. So that's sort of that's what sealed the deal for me. I mean, it probably would have anyway because Sport Yellow against Liverpool, meh. 
But the fact that neither of them are playing, I've got to use it essentially. Is that or a standard wild card? But I prefer the standard wild card for the knockouts if possible. I think looking at Sevilla, it is still a case of defensive assets. What I will say about this group is I do think Chelsea will top the group now. I think they've got too much for everyone else. Sevilla are too thinly stretched. Krasnodar and Ren have provided nothing. So I can see Chelsea winning their next three games and Sevilla winning two of their three, losing to Chelsea. The only thing that I think might happen is if Chelsea do qualify after the Sevilla game, top they'll be top of the group if they win the next two games against Sevilla and Ren. Mm-hmm. Resting players against Krasnodar and they might get, I don't know, they might get a shock. But other than that, I can just see Chelsea going through. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Chelsea... I, no, I do think Sevilla will still finish top, but Chelsea and Sevilla, I don't think any of them will have a disaster and not qualify. So. Sevilla will be Chelsea. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, well, no, because Chelsea... Bad? <laughs> no, no, it's it. I think it's because of the upcoming games in the Premier League. More okay, so. Okay, that's fair. Because um, they play Tottenham next week. Big so game. it's that's yeah that's the top two against each other, depending depending on the Leicester result, um because just for those who d- haven't heard maybe didn't well, listen to the last episode, we don't know what happens in that game. It is, uh, late afternoon on Sunday, so we don't. Some know. may call that the evening, Aaron. Some may call it the mid. No, I don't want to repeat the same joke two episodes <laughs> in a row. I, what you should have said, the joke that you said have said was, some may call it three quarters. Of <laughs> it's a wasted opportunity now. But um, yeah, no, don't worry, just... I'll get just if you want to hang up and give Nathan a call, I'll get him back on. <laughs> oh, um, I'll pretend you didn't say that. That's quite hurtful. <laughs> so no, it, it's literally just because of that the Premier League um, top two uh, battle at the bridge. Um, <laughs> so. In Sevilla, I don't, I don't know who they have got this week. Um, Appreciate that. Oh, they've got, <laughs> they've got Huesca next week, and then they've got Real Madrid the week after. So, uh, I think they won't have come into the Chelsea game having had a battle, but they'll prepare for the one against Real Madrid the week after. So, but no, that that is the reason. And but Chelsea are playing so well. So far, Ziyech, and I'm, I'm just excited for them to be full strength when no one is injured. And I just wanted to make a note of this, um, that last year, Paris Saint-Germain conceded the least amount of goals out of any team. And then now looking at them, they're absolutely shocking. And then Chelsea this year, absolutely defensively solid. The key factor, Thiago Silva. I think his influence is far more than his ability of defending because he, a lot of people put the blame on him and say that he was no longer a world-class defender after the Germany 7-1. He didn't play that game. Yeah, and so a lot of people put the blame on him because of, of that, which is weird if he Aaron, didn't play. he didn't play that game. Yeah, that's weird. But a lot of people have said that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, whoever, if anyone's blaming Thiago Silva for losing seven-one in a game, no. What a lot of people blamed was the fact that he wasn't there. So they've said that because he wasn't there, that's why they lost by so many goals. Because him and Neymar were both missing. And what happened was they went, you know what, Neymar isn't the one 
Neymar wasn't the concern. It's Thiago Silva. Him not being in that defence to tell David Luiz what to do was catastrophic for them. So that's the, that's where the blame is. They didn't blame him and his performance. Right, the so I misread it, yeah. He wasn't there on the defeat. Yeah, that makes sense. So with... Um, but no, I just wanted to highlight that, that Thiago Silva's influence is so big. Um, and... Chelsea have benefited massively. That's one of the best free transfers I think I've seen Chelsea do in such a long time. It's actually one of the best transfers I've seen them do in a while period because that was one of their weakest points last year. And what did they do? Um, Although we don't know if it'll have the same effect as Alisson and Van Dijk, but buying a goalkeeper and strong experienced defender has completely changed the team. Um. And yeah, I just wanted to give kind of that highlight for Thiago yeah. Silva. If anyone is debating whether he's not, whether or not he's world class, he's absolutely phenomenal, and uh, he's one of the best players I've seen live as well. So enough said about yeah, him. He's class. He's been class for a very, 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 very long time. Back I think to his AC Milan days. Yeah, I think the only question marks have been over his age. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so. We'll jump into Group F. You can yes. talk us through that. So congratulations from us at Main Event to Haaland for winning the Golden Boy. Um, but he didn't need that. He, I'm sure he slept with his girlfriend uh, <laughs> after scoring four goals. <laughs> I, I've heard he got some else in for that fourth goal as well. All right. <laughs> so... Haaland scoring four goals on the day that he was crowned the Golden Boy 2020. I mean, congratulations to him. He is the best young player in the world. One of the best strikers in the world, period. Never mind age. Yeah, I totally agree. He's in unbelievable form. And get him in your team if you haven't already. Guerrero scored this week. And so for those who are looking to get rid of Ramos or Alexander-Arnold or anyone like that, Guerrero is a six million option that might have went under the radar. Um, and so him getting attack and returns is good as well, but he also is the free kick taker. Um, well, if it's a cross, not necessarily if it's a, a shooting opportunity. And then Dortmund are just a really, really good attacking team. And I don't have too much else to say other than this should be Rouge <laughs> comfortably. So, all right, no need to laugh at my analysis. I yeah, I mean, the, um, <laughs> yeah, the smash at this weekend and the 5 2. Not, I don't think there's any injury concerns. Um, is still injured, isn't he? Doesn't seem to be. Um, I mean, it's not breaking news, so he might have been injured for a while. Yeah, he was injured before the... Um, oh, no, Hummels is back. So that's good. This is still good to say. Hummels is back because he was injured for the previous Champions League game. Mm-hmm. So they're starting 11. I don't think we'll change too much heading into the, against Bruges. Um, yeah. I think they'll play um, Berkey and goal. Munier, who, like I said in the other podcast, is the most transferred in. I think that's just because he's 5 million. He's the most... He's the defender with the most amount of points at 5 million, which I found interesting. Akanji, Hummels, Guerrero, that's probably going to be their defense. Emre Chan. Yeah, you've got Bellingham, 
uh, Witzel, but I probably wouldn't play any of them. But Sancho, Royce, and Reina. Reina is someone who I'm quite interested in. But I know he doesn't play the full 90, but he's, for that team, 6.5 on a wild card is not someone that I can... I don't think Reina and Bellingham will play in the same team together. I think they do the same thing and at the same age, roughly the same age. I don't think you'll have both of them. I think it'll be one or the other because obviously Haaland's... Because they'll play they'll play a 3-4-3, three, three, mm-hmm. I think. So I think Akanji, Hummels and Chan will be your three centre-backs with Witzel and another in the middle. Maybe Dahoud, maybe Bellingham, maybe Reina. I don't like the fact that I don't know who's in the middle, but I don't care anyway. Like, I wouldn't get them. I think you're right with Guerrero and and then Sancho, Haaland, Royce. Haaland is the player you need to get in. So... Is Royce a midfielder on the game? Yes, 8.5. Interesting. So, yeah, I would definitely look into getting him in, especially for penalties, etc. Um, okay, on <laughs> some interesting news on Lazio. Yeah, we go. I don't know if you've heard too much about this, Dan, but remember how they've had a few issues with COVID in their team? Yes. A couple yes. of game weeks ago. Have you heard the repercussions of that? No. Okay, so that game week when half of their team tested positive, they got retested two days later. All of them were negative all of a sudden. We're like, oh, okay. Uh, They must be fit to play, very um, fit people. So they've got over the virus very quickly. Turns out that them tests may have been fabricated. And the negative tests are the positive tests the negative tests because Immobile and a couple of people after that game tested positive again. So absolute craziness. They, as part of this fabrication, they changed the test um, facility. And, And so similar to the UK test and trace, you get a notification, um, like including the council of your local, like your local council, they get a notification that you've tested positive. However, what they've done is they've changed it to another region in Italy. And so because of that, they, the local council didn't get notified as a positive test. So say Immobile, for example, even though this may have not happened with him, uh, he got tested in Rome Rome went, uh, were then notified. They then were like, right, we need a mobile to play all these games. So what they did was change the test center. The test was then tampered with, maybe not collected properly. Then it came through as a negative test, but then it got retested as part of the Champions League Serie A protocol. And that was positive. But Rome were then not made aware because the testing center is in a different part of Italy. And under their Italian law, the test centers identify, like, depending on the region of the test center, they then tell that local council who tested positive. Yeah. But if Immobile doesn't live in that part of Italy, the test, like, that council's kind of like, oh, whatever. Like, it's just another name on the sheet. Like, they were only interested in the positives. So because of this, there is a massive debate going on right now that Lazio might actually be relegated <gasps> this year. Um, 
that there'll be such a significant point deduction that they'll be relegated. For, for cheating the COVID test. Yeah, and breaking the law in this way. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> it's only Lazio. It can only happen to Lazio. <laughs> like, I, oh my God. Serie A is not a stranger to controversy. I know. Although I don't think it'll be that severe, I do think they'll be very... No, I mean, it's big. Lazio, not severe. Yeah, sorry. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, even though it's... You threw me off there. <laughs> um, even though it's, oh, you've completely lost my thought now. <laughs> but my dad joke. I'm not even a dad. <laughs> yeah. So Lazio, I don't think it'll be as severe. Severe. No, you're right. You're right. I've just been an absolute dick to you, basically. Um, I do. I don't think it'll be relegation, but there will be a point deduction and big fine and maybe a ban of the players who have tampered results. So for this game, are they allowed to play in the Champions League or not? They played on the weekend. Immobile scored and Korea scored. Um, but other players are still going through their protocol of isolation, etc. Now that they know what's going on, they have like extra isolation. So do we think Immobile is Let's be honest, the two players that we're looking at here, let's cut all the nonsense, are Alberto and Alberto. Uh, Alberto and Immobile. Yeah, Alberto, I don't think Alberto would play. And even if he did, 8.4 for two points, not worth it. I would look at Korea over him, 8.1 with 17 points. So far, Andy scored in the past game, um, and he seems to be quite doing quite well in the Champions League. The other player I would actually look at getting in if you are very stuck on budget and you don't, for some reason, you don't want a much in Gladbach striker is Cassiedo, 8 million, and he's scored in each of these games while Immobile has been away. Um, but he scored in the last five games, he scored four goals. So 8 but million. But will Immobile play? That's the question. You, uh, Immo- I think Immobile will, but it's just if for some reason you don't want a much in Gladbach striker, um, which then I would kind of question that further. But if, yeah. if, if you didn't and you're stuck on a budget striker, Cassiedo is in good form. So all that drama, I just had to get that out because that yeah. is just insane scenario. And like I said in the previews, Lazio have the ability to do really well. It's just that they just, for some reason, just something comes up and they lose their heads. And this is a perfect uh, example of that. You just can't trust them, even though they are unbeaten so far in this group. They've not lost yet. So, I mean, that's what unbeaten means. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Funnily enough. (laughs) Uh, So Bruges uh, doing quite well on a good, run a form other I mean looking past their Champions League defeat to Dortmund but I don't think we expected anything of that Lang has scored two goals in the past four games uh, he was the only one who scored this weekend yeah. and um the game before that you had Diata who I've got and his form in the league was the reason I got him in but he's not done well compared to De Ketelet. he's a He's playing too much as 
as a midfielder, as a right-sided midfielder. I know, it's very annoying. He uh, should just play up front and just take all of the goals and just score well, hat-tricks. But... As a winger, maybe. But yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not in a great place. De Ketelair played left wing-back this week as well. Oh, joys. Uh, I think it is a case of Vormer and Vanekin. I think they're... Just to make it really easy, I think it is Vormer and Vanekin. They're the two. And... I don't think it's the worst fixture against Dortmund away, but I, I think it's clutching at straws a little bit. I think Dortmund will win comfortably, to be fair, but I do think, though, going back to my group prediction, I mean, I called Zenit finishing second, I think, but I do think that Lazio will slip to Europa League because of everything that's going on, both league and... Uh, outside of it and stuff like that. So I think Bruges have a good chance of finishing second. But Okay. I'd like them to. I'd like it to be Bruges. I said Bruges second, didn't I? Yeah, so... you did. It was me. I, um, I said Zenit sec- uh, second, I think, and I think I said Lazio third. But So you had Bruges last. How very dare you. I know, I know. But you live and you learn. <laughs> I mean, it's typical of me to, to make them kind of crazy statements like claiming 2% rule and stuff like that. <laughs> what about the uh, the last team of this group then, Zenit? From, I think, must, must, must have, you need to get Lovren in your team. Five million for the... <laughs> no. Uh, I think out of everybody, you need Barrios. Uh, still, but even, I think it's pronounced Erokin. Uh, 5 million, and he's got 12 points, another budget midfield option. Other than that, nobody in this team has gotten over uh, 10 points other than Erokin and Barrios, and they're the only two players I think you need to actually look at. And probably Barrios for the percentage owned by other teams and just how cheap he is as well, 0.5 cheaper and more points. Uh, Playing against all these teams, ball recoveries are probably going to make him relevant and so I don't think any of these I don't think Zenit will get any points at the rate that they're going like in the next three games but yeah I don't I can't see anything past them to be fair but I don't know what you want to add on them yeah the only thing I'd say is obviously we joke but Lovren has scored this weekend but they did beat Krasnodar another Champions League team 3-1 before the international break uh, Suterman Zuba, uh, Kuzayev, like you care, like anyone cares. We're not picking any of the players, I don't think, other than Barrios, uh, for his uh, ball recovery points. Same as Kajust. You know, four and a half million ball recovery point machine. I think you'd probably give him a miss this week, just purely because I think you can have, if you're going to limit this wild card, you want your ball recovery player to be playing on the Wednesday, so you're going to have Kajust or Casemiro. If you're going to stand at wildcard, then I think you should probably just wait to bring him in with a free transfer next week. Just plan that transfer. Um, unless, you, like I say, you're desperate for the funds if you're going to offer a Barrios Kajust sort of double up. But if you are planning on having Casemiro as one of those players, then... Yes, it, it's an it, 
it's just entirely how your own team setup works. I'll probably get them back in next week as a ball recovery player if I if I need to. Aaron, you've got the next group as well. I do indeed. So Barcelona are currently top of this group uh, with nine points. However, I mean, this group is similar to the um, to the one you've just done with Chelsea and, and Sevilla. I think it's kind of done. It's kind of sorted. These are the two teams that are going to get through. It's just going to come down to who finishes top and who finishes second. So I think Barcelona, uh, they've already got the first win. Uh, I think it's just down to, to Messi, to be fair. The, the team's not doing great uh, in the league. Well, they're just not do, reaching the same standards as what we expect, really. It's, it's, they're not doing terrible, but, well, 11th. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, that's not very good. Bottom <laughs> half. Um, but, I, again, it's just kind of, don't let the league distract you from what you've seen so far in the Champions League. So Messi is still a 12.1 option. Like, he's still worth that amount of money because they have to face Dynamo Kiev and Frank Varos. Like, he is going to be the player that is probably going to go crazy. He's got such a high ceiling. Um, And he's playing on the Tuesday. So he's a good captain um, option for this. Um, So don't look into it too much, in my opinion. Messi... Like, or don't overthink it really. Um, Messi's still a really, really good option. It is a shame about Fatty. Um, so get him out of your team while you still have that 0.3 banked. Um, and it can even make you get better players elsewhere. Um if you're not wildcarding, or if you if you're standard wildcarding, or you're just looking for the free transfer, obviously get Fatty out and bring Jota in and just take the money. Mm-hmm. take that money <laughs> yeah that'd be my recommendation mm-hmm. and then Juventus uh it seems oh, wait, that per- oh sorry sorry just want to jump in there are a couple of see big injuries for Barcelona yes sorry, Huge injuries. yeah I missed these sorry go for it so we've got Gerard Piquet out for about six months yep because I was bigging him up on the last episode yeah so this nine, is what we're and about then the Aaron like, curse then um, I tell you who else you are bigging up. You big, honestly, you bigged up two of their defenders, and the other one was Sergio Roberto, and he's out for months. Well, yeah, he went up in price, didn't he? So, so he's um, so Sergio Roberto and Gerard Piquet are both out now. That means that Serginho Dest and Jordi Alba are pretty much nailed on. You're going to have Longley at centre back, and then it's a case of you're either going to have Araujo. Four million defender, fingers crossed, or Frankie de Jong is going to sit back in there. Now, that might, if you're looking for ball recoveries, raise de Jong's appeal. But I still think I'd rather have Casemiro, to be perfectly honest. And obviously, de Jong's assists and everything else are going to go out the window. So if you, if you don't want to take a risk and you've got De Jong, I would recommend removing him in case he plays centre-back and Araujo doesn't. That's have a ever, big thing. Have I ever mentioned how good of a player Sergio Dest is? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is a really good player, to be fair. <laughs> but 
Um, I mean, I just keep your mouth shut, Aaron. I've got Jordi Alba on my team. Uh, I don't like him, so that's all right. I don't think um, I, when we looked at the the game last last time out, Barcelona were hanging on for dear life. Let's be honest. To Stegen and Dynamo Kiev's goalkeepers were man of the match, mm-hmm. men of the match. So I can't see there being any difference, really. I think both teams are going to go at it. If you want to go for Jordi Alba because you think he's going to get an attack and return, spot on, keep him in. But I wouldn't be too hopeful of a clean sheet when no. Barcelona can't keep a clean sheet for love nor money at the minute. Yeah, exactly. But yes, Juventus, Aaron. <laughs> so uh, some good news for Juventus. Delict and Alexandro back. Um, Delict being 5 million seems a very good centre-back option, in my opinion. He Because he gets attack and returns. He's very good on corners. Um, Alexandro, Benucci, Chiellini, 5.5. Well, Chiellini's 5.4 now, but Chiellini's injured uh, as per. And Benucci is working back to fitness, so it seems primed for a delict start against Ferenc Varos. So uh, he's... <laughs> I know that I'm cursed on now, but delict is probably a must-start in my opinion, for the amount of ball recoveries that he's going to get for the remainder of the competition and his potential at corners. Uh, Alexandro, although he didn't start, he came on as a sub. Um, 5.5 is quite dear for him, though, because he's not... uh, Just with Perlo's system, um, Bernadeschi and Chiesa are kind of the ones who are the creative influenced on the left side so um I, if i had to go for anyone i would go for delict it's just a shame about quadrado because he's doing so well and uh, that he's classed as a midfielder i would absolutely love it if he was a defender is benucci fit though is benucci likely to play no no he's not no no um i would put like a like 40 percent chance of him playing like he, okay. he did get injured. So Demiral and Delict were the centre backs. Okay. Um, but there is talk that Danilo and Delict might be the centre backs okay. um, with Alexandro playing. But yeah, no mention of Benucci um, as of yet. So um, I don't know about the goalkeepers, to be honest, because Buffon seems to be playing in the league. And I don't know whether that is just Perlo's system, whether he's just trying to help him to a record or whatever. Um, but Chesney has played all of the Champions League games. But if Buffon does play, and if we get word that he's going to play, 4.4 for Buffon seems like a very good option. Yes, he's prone to mistakes, but Juventus against Franco Varos could be a good option, a good budget option. Go uh, Midfield, uh, I guess just to help with forwards I know we've mentioned it a few times that people talk about Dybala as if he's still a youngster he is not by the looks of it he's not in Perlo's plans at all um, and that it's going to be in that position Kulisevsky is going to be the new right winger so Dybala 
doesn't really have a place in the team anymore. There's talks that Juventus are going to try and offer Pogba Dybala swap deal, which I think would be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Man United needed a new number 10. And Pogba, like Juventus need a centre midfielder. So it would help both teams. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> I've been incredibly sarcastic. Man United do not need any more number 10s. All right. No, no. I, I think Dybala would be a right winger, wouldn't he? Would he? I don't know. I thought he was I more of a... On, fi- on FIFA, thought- he is. But he normally gets played on the right side of a front three. Ah, fair enough. If he plays on the right side of a front three, you know more than me then. Yeah, fair enough. You come in for Greenwood. Yeah. Um, you could even play him up front, to be fair. Um but again, it's just kind of, it would be similar to Martial and you just don't know which version of the player you're going to get. But Juventus seem to be settled. Bernadeschi is not like a, a great player, but he seems to be preferred to Chiesa right now. And um, Ramsey, I wouldn't go for him for his price point, but Rabiot seems to be the go-to centre mid um, he was rested halfway through the second half, so he seems primed to start seven million. Um, but I think we just have to focus on Ronaldo. Two goals this week. He is very upset that he didn't score against Franco Varos last time, and I think he's primed to have a good week. He scored two class goals this weekend, like Ronaldo. Oh, unbelievable! He's just so good. And then Morata, who did score against Franco Varos last time. Nine million. Surprised his price hasn't went up. Um, regardless of the 2% form rule, like 22 points for 9 million. He's just not. That is very cheap for him. I in didn't this team. 9 million. I thought he was 10. No, 9 million. Wow. So he's, he's cheaper than um, Zapata. Oh, he's a must. Yeah, so if you, if you if for that price, if you get a, a, like the and the thing is, he would have scored in every Champions League game if all of the ones that weren't ruled out against Barcelona, like he's been so good this year, like 22 points with a ruled out hat trick. So he's like getting in the positions, um, he's just a totally different player for nine you know million. That, uh, you know, that that isn't the first hat trick. That he's had disallowed. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> that was his second career hat trick disallowed. All three goals in a previous game. Uh, I can't remember who it was for against, but I read about it. I was like, that is insane. <laughs> that has happened twice. I, I read an article about um, like Friday the 13th team, like unlucky players in Marat. I was the striker for it for what happened twice. <laughs> can't write this. Oh, dear. But, um, the only if I had to choose between Ronaldo and Morata, um, for price point, Morata seems a lot more appealing, like value, but Ronaldo's a lot safer against the substitution. I don't yeah. think Ronaldo is gonna be substituted. And he'll be on pens. Yeah, and so I would go for Ronaldo. Um, I mean, if you had to choose between Morata or Ronaldo on any day, you'd probably choose Ronaldo regardless of the question. Um, but against this, in this upcoming game, I would put Ronaldo just because of his hunger to score. He hasn't scored yet. Penalties and all that comes with Ronaldo. 
So, and then the other two teams, um, there's really not much to say, to be honest. It's kind of frustrating. I mean, I am interested in when they face each other, but I don't think any of their options are fantasy liable. Um, so I, I don't know if you want to mention anything, but I didn't find anything. Not at all. Uh, I didn't saying. write down anything. I didn't do anything. Uh, more fool you if you want to thank Avaros or Dynamo Kia player on your team. Not yeah. yourself out, but we're not going to advise you to do it. No. I didn't want to waste either of our breath. Who do you think is going to finish top between Juve and Barca? I think Barcelona, just because they've already got that point. Um, they can, like, they've already won the first game between them. So I think that the next game will be a draw, personally, just with both teams not really uh, firing on full cylinders yet. I don't think Juventus will go to Barcelona and win. Um, so I, I do think Barcelona will finish top, Juventus second. You've won for the smart choice. I'm going to go with my gut and say Juventus will finish top still. I would love it if they did. because I think Barcelona might struggle against Dynamo Kiev. Yeah, personal, like obviously my personal feelings towards Barcelona, uh, just as an organisation and as a club. But um, no, I, I would love it if Juventus did because that would Perlo is on the right track. I mean, they're unbeaten in the league, but because they're not top, he's getting a lot of criticism. At least they're not losing, like Barcelona are. Yeah, true. So we're on to the final group. I need a knife and fork for this group. It's just so tasty. <laughs> uh, yeah, the a very, very condensed group. Man United and Leipzig both top with six points each. PSG and Istanbul both bottom with three points each. It's on a knife edge, this one. We'll start with the tastiest, I think, in Man United. So they've got back to winning ways with a 3-1 victory to Everton and one of the luckiest 1-0 wins you're likely to see against West Brom. The thing that annoyed me most about that game was that so many people brought in Fernandez, being like, man, you are going to walk over West Brom. And like I was like, no, they'll struggle. Like... But so many people captain Fernandez, and he always gets the bonus points. Like the amount of bias towards Fernandez is just ridiculous. Like, and he missed, that's like three or four penalties he's missed in a row now. Yeah, and like, but people keep going on about him as if he's like the world's greatest midfielder. But yes, he's good. But yeah, I don't. It just annoys me that so many people brought him in <laughs> this week <laughs> in FPL. But that, not, it is what it is. I'm not salty about it, but it is an annoying thing when um, it shouldn't have been a penalty because it was a foul in the build-up. And Man United, the penalty that they conceded was definitely a penalty. I don't know what's going on with the refereeing at the minute. The refereeing in general across the world is absolutely horrendous. If you haven't seen it yet, please go on to YouTube and look at Orlando versus New York FC. For the penalty shootout. And never fall. Worst referee and you're ever likely to see. It's hilarious. Some of the one of the best four and a half minutes of my life. I think but, even like the computer FIFA referees are better than them ones, and they do outrageous things sometimes. Yeah, crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But Man United, I just think the playing at home. Matic played a full 90 minutes against West Brom. Fred got subbed off. So 
I think Fred will probably come back into the team midweek with McTominay. I, I could see that. Maybe maybe Pogba could be in there. So if you want to punt, you can go for Fred in terms of your ball recovery guy. But I think this one's really obvious. I think your players are Rashford, Fernandez, and at left back, Alex Tellers. I think Man United will win this game. Istanbul, Besiktas won 2 1, but then lost 3 2 against Besiktas. Gulbranson has scored three goals off the bench. He's a 6.9 million forward, if you are crazy. But their starting goalkeeper has COVID. Their number eight, Alexic, has COVID. In Topal, their central defensive midfielder is suspended. So the core of their team is missing. And they were so important against Man United that I think they're going to be absolutely stuffed in this game. Man United at home. I really fancy Rashford and Tellers to do some damage in this game. And I think Istanbul's red letter day was the previous fixture. Leipzig, six points. They've won 3 0 and drew 1 1 in their last two games. For the 1 1, they did rotate. Sabitza and Campbell played the full 90. Poulsen came off the bench to get the, the equalising goal with an Angelino assist. And in the 3 0, Angelino scored. Spitzer got a pen. And Kanate, the centre back, he scored. Holsenberg and Huang are their new injuries or newish. So. Angelino, again, propping himself up to be just such a good, consistent pick with his attack and returns that it's really hard to look past him. With Leipzig, I'm not sure about the other players. Forsberg, penalty taker, obviously, but no one else is screaming by me. And Kunku looks really good in the last game against PSG, so he could be a punt. PSG, though, wow. They are in a mire. We questioned Tushilova why he's playing Danilo Pereira in defence and not holding midfield. The reason is he's got no defenders. So they beat Ren 3-0, which I mentioned earlier in for the uh, for Ren's group. And they lost 3-2 to Monaco after being 2-0 up. But Monaco, even in the first half, it was a very end-to-end game. Monaco weren't deserving to be getting beat 2-0. I'll, if you watch the highlights... Yeah. Fabregas. My goodness. Yeah, he's class, isn't he? He's absolutely class. Like, some things just don't leave. And just <laughs> his, his class. Just it's permanent. Yeah. Like, it's it's times like that when you forget how good of a player he was. Or still is now. Like, but you yeah, forget. he used to be unbelievable. That Arsenal team, then you went to... Even Barcelona. he was underrated at Barcelona. Got yeah. the assist in the World Cup final for Iniesta. Class, I love Fabregas. I think he's absolute class. Like when and, you look at the... and he threw a pizza at Alex Ferguson's head, so you know, always good. <laughs> like when you um, when you look at the kind of the for the Premier League, looking at like the top goals and assists charts, and you see Fabregas on top, you're kind of like, what? Fabregas, the most assists, but then yeah. it's kind of like. It's because, and he even spent a few years in Barcelona and he's still top, unlike Giggs, who was there forever and like 
You know what I mean? And Fabregas, yeah. it, you forget how good of a player he was. And he just was so instrumental to that comeback. And it was just unbelievable. With um with PSG, I just want to go through their injuries, Aaron. Draxler oh, no. has an unknown return date. Accardi has an unknown return date. Verratti has an unknown return date in midfield. Um, Kerra at right back or left back or centre back, <laughs> but mainly right back, is out until February. Bernat, left back, is out until March. Kimpembe is suspended. Idrissagana Gay is suspended. Diallo is absolutely horrendous. He is shocking. Um, Dagba isn't very good. And their most likely formation is going to be Dagba at right back, Kurtawa at left back. And then they're going to have either Diallo, Marquinhos or Danilo is the two centre-backs. Now, the smart decision would be Marquinhos and Danilo. But one of them is likely to play and hold the midfield, especially without Idrissagana Gay there, which means Diallo will probably come in. This is a really good game for Leipzig. What I will say is Neymar and Mbappe are back. Mbappe scored two goals at the weekend. Neymar came off the bench. Now, funnily enough, I think what that does is make Moise Kian a better buy. It's six million. And having those players feeding him, he's just such a great enabler that if you are in a standard wild card, definitely think about going with him. Not too sure about this game, but it is a Tuesday fixture, so you can pull him out. It is a good day for a punt. But then, you know, he's got Man United and Istanbul coming up. And I fancy his chances in both those fixtures, especially if they can get one or two of these defenders back. I mean, Kimpembe would be back and Idrissagana again would be back because they're both just suspended. But defensively, they're going to struggle. We said that we thought PSG, Leipzig would go through with Man United, Europa League and Istanbul bottom. What are your thoughts on how this group's going to pan out? Oh, um, a lot of it does depend on this week, I think. If Paris Saint-Germain lose this week, well, if actually, if they don't win, I think that Leipzig man, you will finish top two. So I think this is a must win for Paris. Um, and if Paris do win, I still think they'll go on to finish top. I think they'll sort it out. Um, but it's not looking good for them, to be fair. Like they, they're going to have to conjure something up. Um, I do think that Leipzig will go through. Uh, I think they're like the. I think that they won't make the same mistakes against Man U in the next one. Uh, I just think Man U slipping against Istanbul, like that is huge, and I think it's going to cost them big. So, that's my. Uh, I think Leipzig will top the group, and then if Paris win this week, I think they'll finish second. But if not. It'll be Man U, Paris. I think Paris are going to be Europa League. Yeah. They're just struggling so much injuries. The core of the team's out. Imagine that though, Dan. Real Madrid and Paris Saint-Germain in Europa League. Unbelievable. I don't like, I suppose it massively raises the profile of that competition as well. Yeah. Because I think AC Milan are currently the favourites, even though they just got beat off Lille. But... Uh, Tottenham, you can't look past Tottenham right now. Um, Leicester will give it a good go. Like, there's so many good teams in the competition right now. 
like who are on form, who are doing really well in their domestic leagues, better than some of these Champions League teams. So yeah, it'd be good. We might have to change this to the main event <laughs> and the other one. <laughs> we'll go through just what we think the scores are going to be, starting with Krasnodar v Sevilla as the early fixture. What do you think the score is going to be there? I'm going to go Sevilla 2-0. I will go with the same. Yeah, I'll go with the same. Ren versus Chelsea. Chelsea will win 4-0. I'll go Chelsea 3-0. Chelsea are the early fixture, so we'll have a good chance of seeing what midfielders are going to play. Mm-hmm. Although it's um, not going to be Pulisic and stuff, so it, it helps yeah. out. Yeah. Dortmund v Bruges. I think Dortmund will win this easily. I think it'll be like 4-0 or something. I'll go with 3-0 Dortmund. We've got Juve versus Ferenc Barros. I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going... I'm going 4 0. Sorry. Ronaldo Hattrick. Ronaldo Hattrick. It's happening. Lazio v Zenit. I'm going to go with a 1 1 draw. I'll go the same. Paris versus Leipzig. Leipzig 2 1. I'll go Leipzig. Oh, stop stealing my answers. Leipzig 2 1. Cameron must be pulling his hair out right now. I know, he'd be hating this. Man United <laughs> versus Istanbul, Basaksehir. Okay, Istanbul 4, Man United 5. <laughs> Take that, Cameron. Not sure. um, Man U, I think will win. I think they'll they'll struggle the same way they did against West Brom. So I think it'll be like 1-0 or something like that. I'll go with 3-0. And Dynamo Kiev versus Barcelona. 1-1 one, one draw. Oh, you stole my answer again. 1-1. One, one. Genuinely think it'll be 1-1. One, one. Yeah, so do I. I actually yeah. do think that. What I'm going to do is, I'm just going to read through, again, wildcard, limitless wildcard options like I did in the last podcast. So goalkeeper, really, I'm just looking at Mendy. For, um, defenders, Chilwell, Zuma, or Thiago Silva, pick one of them. Guerrero, Alba, Delict, Diego Carlos, Bonu, Alex Tellers, Angelino. Midfielders, we'll see which ones play for Chelsea, but Ziyech Havertz, Sancho or Royce, Correa, Vanekin Skywalker, Barrios, Coutinho, Rashford, Fernandez, And then up front, Haaland, Immobile, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Alvaro Morata, Moise Kian, Kylian Mbappe. That's who um, I'd be thinking of, in my opinion. I am going to try and put together a real rapid fire. Yeah, so I've just been trying to quickly put it together. So this might not be my team. It's just literally I've spent 30 seconds to a minute just writing it down as we've been going through, really. So... I'd go with goalkeepers Mendy and Onana for Tuesday, Wednesday. Chilwell, Delict, Tellez, Carlos, Angelino, all playing Tuesday. Rashford and Fernandez as my Tuesday midfielders. Then I'd have Casemiro, João Felix, undecided on Kingsley Coleman or KDB. 
and then up front, Haaland, Ronaldo, Lewandowski. So that's what it's looking like at the minute for my limitless team. Seems good, to be fair. Uh, just for those who are interested in my team, uh, just check Twitter, because I am seriously debating using my normal wild card due to the amount of injuries and stuff like that. Uh, not ideal at all, especially because I can already see last year's knockout stages happen again when my whole team gets knocked out on a surprise result. Yeah. Um, but I think it just has to be done. I'm at a position of strength right now. And if I can choose to attack it uh, while there's still good fixtures going on, rather than in the knockouts where any team could win, I think I just need to plan out that a bit better. But check Twitter um, to see my final team before the deadline. And you can get us on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod, YouTube and Spotify. We are the main event Champions League Fantasy Football Podcast. So please leave us a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We should probably start putting this at the beginning of the podcasts, but... We say that every podcast. We say that every week, and <laughs> it's not that deep. If you want to listen, you can listen. And also, every channel says it, so I'm pretty confident people are aware that there's a uh, subscribe button. Although I think scientifically it does help your channel if you say it at the beginning. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Um, too much Aaron. thinking. <laughs> Aaron, thanks so much for jumping on and doing this with me. Uh, obviously, in a long couple of podcasts that we've just recorded there. We hope everyone has an array of beautiful green arrows. Unless you're in our group, then red arrows galore. Well, me and Aaron get all the green arrows. Hopefully, it's been some help. Keep an eye out on tonight's fixtures. See if anyone gets injured. Keep an eye on the news for COVID cases. Do your own research in that respect. But obviously, we'll try to cover most of the bases. And we will see you once again for the review show of Tuesdays and Wednesdays fixtures. And hopefully they're just great games. So thank you very much, Aaron. And we'll see you all later. Bye now.